What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Louie Lineups. After uh, I took a two-week bye there, uh, I was a little busy. Uh, didn't want to cram one in and do a bad job. But this week, um, some time. Got a good episode planned out for you. We're going to get into uh, your Week 11 matchups. Now, your trade deadline's almost up. Those should be here uh, in a couple weeks. You know, got to get your team to what it needs to be. Start looking at playoff schedules, um, things like that. And, you know, get your team ready for that top spot or try to get your team to win the last four or five weeks here and, and sneak into the playoffs. So I'm going to throw out, we're going to go through a lot of names this week. Not so much uh, start and sit stuff, but just players that you might be frustrated with or say, hey, what do I do about them? Um, I spent a third round pick on this guy. He hasn't done anything. What do I do? This guy's hurt. How about this? Well, I'm going to get you through it as best I can. And we're going to go through a few players at these positions. And hopefully get you ready to cruise into playoffs. So let's start with some quarterbacks here. So I got three quarterbacks that you probably have a lot of questions with. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Cam Newton, and Russell Wilson are three quarterbacks right now that you might be on the fence with. What do I do? Ryan Tannehill has been so good the last two years. This year, I mean, he's got two point games with 23 points. The rest have been under 20. Uh, you're really looking for 25 points a week out of your quarterback uh, most of the time. So Tannehill's been disappointing. Um, he does have an easy schedule, which I think he's worth holding on to, but I don't think he's a must-start. But he's worth holding on to because of his easy schedule, I believe. He's got the Jags in there again. He's got the Texans in there again. I think the Dolphins are in there. Um, Tennessee has a light schedule. And, I mean, Tannehill can perform in those games. So don't stress. Don't drop him for another quarterback that you're willing to take a risk on. Um, if you want to add somebody for, for a depth piece, if you have the room to on your bench, I would go ahead and do that. But Tannehill... Still has some weak starts in there that could get you that 25 points. Um, you know, especially without Henry now, going to need to throw a little more. Maybe use AJ Brown more in the red zone. Julio can get healthy. Uh, things like that. So that brings me to Cam Newton here. I don't think Cam Newton's really worth picking up right now. Um, he wasn't great in New England as a fantasy quarterback. I don't know why he would come to Carolina and all of a sudden be great. Um, because you know Christian McCaffrey's back there. That, that offense is going to go through him as much as possible. Uh, I know Cam had you know only had what five or six snaps in that game. Had touch rushing touchdown, passing touchdown. So he, Cam is very effective at the goal line. I will say that very effective. If he's in the red zone, uh, he's the one that wants to run it or throw it in. So there's that positive for Cam, which kind of is a negative for McCaffrey, but. You're gonna have McCaffrey's gonna get his shots in the in the red zone as well, so Newton is not someone I'm totally gung ho on. Go get him; he's he's can save your season. No, I don't think that's true. Um, I think he might be worth stashing if your quarterback's on a bye week or 
if your quarterback is someone like Tannehill that you don't want to play against good teams. Um, maybe see what Cam can do fine, but look, Cam should not be starting for for you week in, week out in single quarterback leagues. Uh, I just don't see him thriving. He didn't thrive under Belichick. I don't know why he'd thrive under Matt Rule. Darnold didn't really thrive. P.J. Walker didn't really thrive. So, I mean, Darnold in the beginning of the season did, but I just want to pump the brakes on, on adding Cam Newton to your roster. I think there are better options out there. Uh, Russell Wilson, got to be concerning. He got shut out for the first time in his history ever. And Russell Wilson has never been shut out. So he got shut out for the first time against Green Bay last week. Um, he needs to come back, bounce back against a good Cardinals defense this week. Not sure if I like him too much. Uh, he's got someone I'm going to have to have my eye on. I really am. The next couple of weeks, he, he doesn't look great. you got to start thinking, maybe this is a guy I can trade. Maybe try to get some value for. If you maybe have a weak running back two, wide receiver two spot. Maybe give Russell Wilson to someone who has Tannehill as their QB1 or someone like that. Uh, maybe look to move him. It, it, you know, That's a very discouraging performance coming off injury. So Russ could be moved. He definitely has v- enough value for someone to want to trade for him if their quarterbacks are inconsistent. So Russell Wilson someone that I think is a good trade piece in, in a league where you might want to grab another wide receiver, grab another running back, or even upgrade a tight end. But And, and Russell Wilson, I think, is, is worth the risk to get rid of. And I also think trading for him, he's worth the risk to go and get if you're a quarterback away from you know, really taking your team over the top. Because Wilson can, can still have those big games, so on and so forth. But if you're in a position where you could use some help inside the lineups, He's a, he's a good trade piece. So Russell Wilson, I think, whether you want to trade for him or, or send him away, I think I think he's a great piece to, to help out any team. Very interchangeable. Um, and just waiver wire this week for quarterback, I like Daniel Jones on Monday night. He should be getting Andrew Thomas, his left tackle back, where he plays substantially better when he has his uh, star left tackle there and Andrew Thomas. Barkley will be back. Uh, so those two guys, huge for that offense. Tony, Galladay, healthy. Even Shepard might be back. So the Giants actually may have all their weapons on Monday night in Tampa Bay. So Jones is someone I like, like a lot this week. If he's on your waiver wire or even as a start, I think he has a, a big day against Tampa. And the Giants always seem to you know, play Brady tough, give Brady a, a run for his money. No, last year they played... On Monday or Sunday night football at MetLife, and they were two-point conversion away from tying that game. There was a flag in the end zone. They picked it up, and that was the end of the game. There was a flag in the two-point conversion. They didn't run another play, and that was the end of the game. Uh, the Giants were two points away from tying up and sending that game into overtime, so I liked Andrew Jones this week against Tampa. All right, we got quite a few running backs here to go over. Uh, first off, let's get to A.J. Dillon. This guy's going to be a beast for the next two, three weeks. Aaron Jones is definitely out for two. He, I mean, he's not coming back for two weeks. 
the third week, he's questionable to come back. I think he's probably back four weeks. I think the fourth week is safe to say is when he'll be back. So A.J. Dillon, these next three weeks, RB1 status. This guy's going to get a lot of carries, a lot of touches, a lot of touchdowns. Love A.J. Dillon this week. Uh, you got to start him in these next three, four games. Uh, you just got to start him. He's a must-start. Pencil him in there. Don't even think about it. A.J. Dillon is going to be probably within the top 10 running backs of the next four weeks, hands down. Donta Foreman for the Tennessee Titans is going to get his share of handoffs here, I think. I think Adrian Peterson is the RB2, and I think McNichols is basically gone. I think McNichols maybe gets a hurry-up offense in the two-minute warning where they're just, you know, he's a pass-catching back. But right now I think Dante Foreman's the bell cow there. I think he's going to get maybe 15 to 20 touches on the ground. And like I mentioned, the week schedule there for Tennessee, I like Dante Foreman. If you picked up McNichols, if you picked up AP, I'd drop them for Dante Foreman. I think he's just as good as AP in the red zone. I think he's got more value than Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, someone who's older and so on and so forth. But AP could vulture a touchdown there. I wouldn't be surprised. But Dante Foreman, I think, is going to be the guy in Tennessee. I don't think he's going to get Henry reps, but he's going to get a majority of the share there in Dante Foreman. Uh, That's the Tennessee running back that you want to have as opposed to McNichols and AP. Go get Dante Foreman. Patriots running back Stevenson. Uh, I know he had 100 yards on the ground last week. Damian Harris questionable. Game time decision for Thursday. Doesn't look like he's going to play. So Stevenson could get those reps again. He had a big week. Uh, Brandon Bolden also, the pat, more of the pass catching back for them. Also had a decent week there. Um, I think I'd expect more of a share of touches this week, to be honest, on a Thursday night game. I don't think Stevenson's going to get everything. Um, I don't, do not expect him what he did on Sunday to do against the Falcons in Atlanta. But Harris is obviously the guy there. Stevenson, probably only worth it if he's out. Let's go to Chris Carson. Dealing with a, a neck injury is not easy. Um, you, you, he sat out. He's got his procedure. He got his treatment, all that. He got cleared to practice. You know, you start practicing. It's your neck. You get going. You feel a little sore. This is going to take time. I would not be surprised if Carson doesn't play the rest of the year, to be totally honest with you, or in the next – he could play next week or not play at all this year, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I don't expect him to play this week. I think next week's more of a shot. Uh, I, don't, I don't see him coming back uh, th- this week against the, the Cardinals. So Carson is really someone that I look to trade. I look to get rid of. Definitely someone I'm trying to sell on. Uh, maybe turn that into another running back um, or, a, or a wide receiver there. But Chris Carson, maybe trading for like a Kadarius Tony who could have a breakout second half. But Chris Carson is someone low on my list. I, I wouldn't want to trade for him uh, at all. He's not someone that's on, on my radar there. Uh, Alex Collins looks to be the guy, and he has really not been productive whatsoever. Uh, not even a little bit. So Seattle running backs are low right now, also considering they're not playing well, which means they don't have a lead, which means they're throwing the ball. So Seattle running backs, not great. Uh, I'm not big on them. 
Let's go to San Francisco now. Elijah Mitchell, 91 yards on the ground. Uh, Monday Night Football against the Rams. San Fran's going to run the football, and they got, they're got they getting healthy. They're getting their running backs healthy. They got him. They got Jeff Wilson Jr., Jermichael Hasty, Trey Sermon. They got four guys there. Um, I'm just scared that Mitchell can get pretty he, – he, I'm, I'm scared if I'm an Elijah Mitchell fantasy owner because you saw what he did. He had 91 yards on the ground. They put up 31 points. He ain't getting the end zone. George Kittle's healthy. They ran the ball with Debo Samuel in the red zone, which I hate if I'm a um, Elijah Mitchell fantasy owner, and I love it if I'm a Debo Samuel fantasy owner, knowing that, wow, this guy's going to get red zone rushes too? Oh, Debo is number two to Cooper Cup this year on, on the, on the, as a wide receiver. I mean, if, if you were drafting wide receivers right now, it would be Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, one, two, for, sh- for sure, for absolute sure. Um so back to Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. He's going to get touches. He's going to get yards. I just don't know if he's going to get touchdowns. I don't know if he's going to get catches. Jermichael Hasty they like to use to catch the ball. And Jeff Wilson Jr. they just like to use sporadically. And that's someone I can see vulturing touchdowns from Elijah Mitchell. So Mitchell is, I think he's a good flex I think he's a good RB2 bye week fill-in, but he's not someone I'm going to trust in the playoffs later on. So if you are using Mitchell right now and he's your fourth running back, I think he's got great trade value. Um, I think you could package him with somebody and go get a real RB2. Or even if depending on who you're packaging with, go get a wide receiver one or an RB1 with, with Mitchell. So, I mean, if, if Mitchell's your RB2 right now, I wouldn't go ahead and trade him because you'll need that. So if he's a flex fourth running back option, try to trade him. Try to move him. Put him on the move. Send him to, send him to a team that could use him as an RB2 option and, you know, upgrade a quarterback, upgrade tight end, you know, go get yourself a, a wide receiver too if you really need it. So Mitchell's someone that I am looking to trade, and that definitely has value if um, – if your team is decimated by running backs. All right, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. This guy is supposed to be coming back next week. I don't think he's a good running back. I think that Darrell Williams is a much better running back than him. When he does come back, I still think Darrell Williams is going to get red zone. I think Darrell Williams is going to get some catches. And, and third down reps, but Hilaire, you know, he'd think he's going to get his 10 to 15 rushes a game, but I think Williams is going to be right there with, you know, something like 8 to 12 rushes and the red zone and more catches than Hilaire. So Clyde Edwards Hilaire, if you're getting offers for him, take them. Send him on his way. Tell him, see you later. Darrell Williams, I think, is the better running back in Kansas City to have. Uh, even when Alaire comes back, uh, they might even do a 50-50 share. You might see, you know, 11-11, 12-12 on touches. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not someone I am willing to throw my hat in the ring for. Uh, I, I really think Terrell Williams is going to be the guy there. Now, two teams where the running backs have been driving you absolutely crazy. The Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, when Miles Sanders got hurt, Keith Gamel owners were like, yes, let's go. Finally, Gamewell's going to get his shot, and what does he do? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, 
I can't trust a single thing about the Eagles' backfield. I hate it. I'm never going to go near it. I would drop every single one of my Eagles' running backs. I would try to trade them. I would get rid of them. I don't think any of them have value. Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, uh, Miles Sanders, Keith Gainwell, bleh, all of them. Just you never know what they're going to do. You never know who's going to be the guy that gets the touches. All you know is that Jordan Howard could get a couple touchdowns. That's probably the number one running back in Philly right now is Jordan freaking Howard, who hasn't done anything in years. So Eagles, I am out on the Eagles. I don't want any of their running backs. I would trade them. I would trade them for anything. I would trade them for uh, like a Pat Fryermuth tight end if you want some depth, but anything. I mean, get rid of these guys. They're not reliable whatsoever. Uh, Buffalo. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. If you're debating starting these guys, that's not a good thing. I don't think it's a good thing to start Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. Um, they both split so many carries. I mean, I'd rather have Zach Moss because he's more prominent in the red zone. But then we just saw Matt Breida get red zone reps. Uh, so that's another third running back to throw in the mix to take away from Zach Moss. And I, I don't like it at all. I think you could sell them to a team that is just decimated at running back. Maybe someone that had, you know, drafted a Gus Edwards, drafted a Raheem Moster, drafted a Derek Henry, Henry um, you know, run, a Saquon Barkley. These guys that just don't have running backs. I think you could pawn them off on them, uh, trade them there. So those two running backs, I'm not looking to feel confident starting in unless, you know, I get screwed on a bye week and I've got two running backs on byes and I just have to play one of them, fine. But uh, they're they're definitely players that I am looking to move before the deadline because they're not going to help you win a championship. They're not consistent. Um, So I would definitely look to move them. That does my running back talk. Wide receivers, not as much uh, drama than the running back position late in the season. You kind of know which receivers have been good. You can know which receivers have been bad. Uh, One receiver that's in complete limbo here is uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, DeAndre Hopkins could turn into the fantasy story of the year. You know, somebody like a Cody Bellinger of baseball where the regular season – he was not good whatsoever. Uh, hitting a buck eighty, not striking out, not being himself, not being the MVP rookie of the year guy that Cody Bellinger can be. And then in the playoffs, has some big hits, turns the fan base around on him, shows him that he's still that MVP caliber player. Now, can DeAndre Hopkins do this for fantasy owners? Be a, a guy that you know you drafted in your second round, and he's just getting you ten points, eight points. Maybe then there's a week with sixteen. But can he turn it around? Can he get healthy from this hamstring? And can Kyler Murray and him connect, hook up for ten catches a game here on out? He could be the fantasy comeback story. That I had DeAndre Hopkins late. He figures it out. He takes you to a championship. It could happen. But it also couldn't happen. This hamstring issue could be lingering. His hamstring issue could be 
a, a bigger deal than that they believed it was. He could be out for another two weeks, and then he comes back and re-aggravates it, and it's just a nothing season from Hopkins. So it could go very two ways. I don't believe he really has any trade value because of that. Um, I don't think for someone to go out and trade for him, he's worth the risk because someone's not going to take um, – you know, you're not going to be able to trade Michael Carter for DeAndre Hopkins. It's just not going to work. You're going to need somebody. You're going to need a big player if you want to give up. Go ahead and give up DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't think he has massive trade value, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So Hopkins, I think, is someone you just got to stick with and just hope when he plays, he performs. You, I feel like you still have to start him if he's healthy and he's in there. Um, but he's someone that is going to be your ride or die, whether you get into the playoffs or not. Because most people that have DeAndre Hopkins right now are 500 or worse, and they really need him to pick it up for them to get into the playoffs. Now, I don't know more specific wide receivers to talk about here, but what I wanted to do is get into the New York wide receivers. The Jets and the Giants wide receivers are, the I think, the weirdest in football. The Giants bring in big money Kenny, Kenny Galladay. They draft speedster Kadarius Tony. They have reliable Sterling Shepard. So those are three guys. And Kenny Galladay is probably the best receiver of those three. And Jason Garrett's game plan is not to get him the ball because Jason Garrett does not like throwing the ball down the field. And that's where Kenny Galladay is most useful. Uh, you know, whether it's one on one over the middle, whether it's one on one towards the sideline. You know, Galladay is a one-on-one receiver catch guy. He is someone that wins his one-on-one matchups. He's not somebody in a Jason Garrett offense where it's a five-yard curl route, creates some separation, uh, you know, a five-yard slant. I don't even think Garrett knows what a slant is in in this offense. So he's not someone that's going to create separation on an out route. He's just a guy that's going to win his one-on-one matchup 10 to 15 yards down the field, and Garrett doesn't do that. Until I see Garrett do that, I don't see Kenny Galladay having much value for the Giants. Uh, They don't even use him in the red zone. I don't even remember the last time that he had a chance to catch the ball in the end zone. I mean, they just don't use the guy. It's frustrating as a Giant fan, and it's frustrating from a fantasy perspective if you went out and drafted Galladay. But right now, Galladay is barely a flex option and should remain on benches. Kadarius Toney, I think, is the most valuable Giants receiver to have because of his speed, because of his playmaking, and because he can take a, you know, he can make three guys miss and go the distance. Um, I think he gets a lot of targets towards the end of the season here. He's someone that can create uh, separation right away. And Garrett wants to get the ball out of Daniel Jones's hands within three seconds. So Tony is that receiver that will create that separation, will get yards after the catch, and has a lot of potential. And Shepard, I love too. I love Shepard. I mean, games where he plays the whole game and he's fully healthy, he's got didn't have less than 17 points this year. So for Shepard to be healthy, he's got to be on the field. And if he is and you play him and he plays four quarters, he's probably going to get you 15 or more. But that's if he plays four quarters. The guy's had a quad issue, a hamstring issue, and he's got, he's got lingering concussions issue from the past. So Sterling Shepard is a much bigger risk. I'd probably say he's my second favorite wide receiver in the Giants offense uh, behind Kadarius Toney, followed by Kenny Galladay. 
So Shepard, I think, is a good flex option for sure if he's healthy, if he's playing, if he's going to get those reps. He's Daniel Jones' safety blanket. He likes going his way um, and so on and so forth. He's the only wide receiver Jones has had uh, you know, going into you know, for the third season, his third season here. Uh, he's been there all three years. He is comfortable with Shepard. They use him in the red zone more than they do the other two receivers. So I do like Sterling Shepard in that offense. But not as much as Tony because of the yards after the catch, the playmaking ability, but definitely more than Galladay because Galladay, they're not throwing the ball on downfield. But if they did that, he'd creep up, but they're just not doing that. And the Jets now. The Jets got Joe Flacco, who's been, who was just with the Eagles. Before that, he was with, uh, I can't even remember where he was with before that, but then he was with the Ravens, obviously. Now, well, he was with the Jets, and then. Yes, before that was with the Jets, so now he's back to the Jets. It was Jets, Eagles, Jets for Joe Flacco. Um, back there, he's throwing to Jamison Crowder before. That's my receiver that I want on the Jets right now because he's starting on Sunday. Um, Corey Davis, if you have Davis and Crowder, you're not, you can't play both. Uh, I think you just screw yourself if you play both. Got to pick one. With Joe Flacco, I'm picking Jamison Crowder. I like him to get you know anywhere between 10 to 15 targets. 8 to 10 catches, maybe 100 yards, maybe he gets in the end zone. I like Joe Flacco with Jamison Crowder on Sunday. Um, And until Zach Wilson comes back, Corey Davis is a non-factor to me. Unless Zach Wilson comes back, we've shown the chemistry him and Davis have. Those are two guys uh, on the Jets wide receivers list that are worth rostering. Crowder is worth playing right now. Corey Davis, not so much until I see Zach Wilson come back. Uh, I don't think Denzel Mims is a fantasy factor whatsoever. I think he's kind of been phased out there. I think Mims needs a new start with another team. All right, home stretch here. Tight ends, last position to get to. These are two guys that have had very sneaky seasons. The top five fantasy tight ends are Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, and the last two names, Mike Gusecki and Hunter Henry of the Patriots. John o. Smith is out right now. Hunter Henry can start for you in that tight end spot. He's a, he, he's a 10-point machine. That's what you need from tight ends. You need 10 more points. You want a consistent tight end. You don't want someone that's going to get you 2, 3, 15 Two, three, ten, two. Th- you want someone that does what Henry does 10, 10, 15, 16, 10, 11, 9, 8. Good numbers across the board, consistency. So Hunter Henry is a sneaky trade target to go get. He's a top five tight end this year. Someone that has Hunter Henry probably has somebody like TJ Hawkinson as well. You know, someone that they're going that they'd rather play more than Hunter Henry. Um, so if you're decimated, Hunter Henry is a decent guy to go and get. And that same thing goes for Mike Gusecki of the Miami Dolphins. Decent guy to go out and get if you don't like your tight end, if your tight end is not producing, if your tight end is not healthy. Those are two guys to go out, trade for, go get, put them in your starting lineups, and just let them get you the points. Let them try to get you that that 10 to 12 points per game, that's all you can ask for from a tight end these days. If your last name's not Kelsey Waller or Andrews as well. So those guys, I 
I like I like those two guys. Uh, just to show just showing that they can be consistent is enough for me to say, hey, maybe this is what I need. Instead of you know you're running a guy like maybe Tyler Higby out there. Um, Evan Ingram's a guy that comes to mind, but those two are not bad options to have. Another tight end, great game on Sunday. George Kittle, um, still worried about him just because of injury history, and I'm not sure if he's going to do this every game. They have Debo Samuel. They have the good run game. Kittle can work off play action. He's definitely the receiver I want behind Debo. I mean, I, I kind of want nothing to do with Ayuk. He's just too inconsistent. Um, and the tight end works better off play action, especially a tight end like Kittle. Kittle, obviously, start him if he's healthy, but make sure you have another option in your back pocket uh, if you're starting George Kittle. Guy could go down at any time, it feels like, and you want to see him keep producing. I don't think 17's a, a, um, a week-in, week-out thing. I think Kittle's much more 8-12 to 12 kind of guy. But you got to be encouraged with Kittle coming back, having two monster weeks. I do think it slows down a little bit, but George Kittle, definitely someone to hold on to. And then someone to maybe go out and get, last guy here, Pat Fryermuth. Been coming on more of late. You're not seeing much Eric Ebron. Ben Roethlisberger cannot and will not throw the ball deep anymore. It's a lot of dinking and dumping. It's wide receiver screens. It's tight end screens. It's running back screens. Roethlisberger, quick throws. He's not holding on to the pocket. He's not holding on to the ball long. He's climbing the pocket. He doesn't want. He, he's not a guy that can get out of the pocket and throw to receivers. He's a guy that will look to dink and dump the tight ends, um, over the middle, so on and so forth. So Fryermuth, I think, is a great option there for the Steelers. I think his, his targets and receptions have gone up big time the last couple weeks. So Fryermuth is somebody that I would also like to target if I'm uh, worried about my tight end or want to see if I can grab a spark there in Pat Fryermuth. All right, loaded episode, went through a lot of players. Um, Good luck this week. Uh, On my defensive radar this week is Tennessee if they're available. Probably not, but maybe take a risk on the Dolphins with Joe Flacco starting at MetLife. All right, that'll do it for me. Here's Joe with his daily fantasy lineup. No Joe this week. Um, Forgot he's pretty backed up with work and stuff, so he sent me his lineup. I will be telling it to you. So at quarterback, he's got Ryan Tannehill this week. Against the Houston Texans, could be a good matchup there. Uh, Although Tannehill has not performed much this season, even against poor competition, but you hope maybe he can hit 300 yards, maybe run in a touchdown. His running backs are A.J. Dillon and Zeke. Uh, A.J. Dillon's going to be a great play this week with Aaron Jones down. Uh, Aaron Jones going to get everything in Green Bay. Um, I expect a lot out of A.J. Dillon, probably for some decent value there too. Uh, Zeke is his RB2, going to be in a high-scoring game against the Chiefs. Hopefully, Zeke's the one getting touchdowns and not Dak in that case. Uh, An odd pick here, wide receiver Elijah Moore. Um, 
Never played with Joe Flacco. I, I think that Crowder's the guy there for the Jets, but he's got Elijah Moore there. Hunter Renfro in the other wide receiver spot. And again, it, uh, and it could be a high-scoring affair against the Bengals in that one. Raiders really need to get going. I like that play. Devonta Smith coming off a big game. Likes him to keep it going in the flex with Devonta Smith against the uh, Eagles and Eagles and Saints. Uh, Eagles are home in that one. I'm not sure if I like the Eagles much in that game. Uh, they seem to do this. The Eagles, they look good and they play bad. So Devonta Smith, a risky play there in the flex, in, uh, in my opinion, but he's got him there. Dalton Schultz, tight end, like that play. Uh, Dak and Zeke are, you know, Dak, Zeke, Schultz, you got to have points in that game. There's going to be a lot of points. Uh, Dalton Schultz is a is a great play, in, in my opinion, at tight end there. Um... Jay's got J.D. McKissick in his other flex spot. So McKissick and Washington are taking on the Carolina Panthers down in Carolina. So McKissick, obviously the cat, the pass catching back there for Washington. Um, Joe thinks he's probably going to be down, going to be throwing a lot of quick screens to them, uh, so on and so forth. And rounding it out, he has the Panthers defense against that Washington football team. Um, so that does it for your fantasy lineup. There's Joe's lineup. Uh, I like Tannehill, like Dylan, like Zeke, like Renfro, like Schultz, McKissick. Uh, a little questionable on Devonta Smith uh, coming off a big game, facing a good Panthers defense, and Elijah Moore never playing with Joe Flacco. Um, I kind of like Jamison Crowder there a little more in that spot. But overall, solid lineup. Let's see if it can make you some money. Hopefully you win those fantasy matchups this week. And we'll talk to you next time on Louie Lineups.